Hello there, and welcome back to the Wide Open Podcast. Yes, I know we've been gone for a while. Uh, we're going to dip into why we went dark uh, and why we went dark for so long in just a little bit. But as always, uh, the way we start every podcast, we like to thank the people that support uh, the Wide Open Podcast. And uh, I want to start off with a longtime sponsor, one of the originals, uh, and that's Rad Custom Graphics. Uh, Ryan Abatoy over at Rad Custom Graphics. Um, he is the man for anything that you need. You're looking to get uh, graphics for your motorcycle, numbers, uh, numbers for your bike. Uh, you just want to get plates. He can do that. Uh, you're looking to have some uh, hats made, some T-shirts. Uh, he can do all of that uh, from design to printing to stitching. Uh, he's the guy. Uh, Ryan has been a longtime sponsor of the Wide Open Podcast since the very beginning. He's also been a longtime sponsor of District 37 as well as a longtime District 37 racer. Uh, we here at the Wide Open Podcast uh, really appreciate people that sponsor District 37, and we like to try and return the favor as best we can. And that's why I really pimp uh, Rad Custom Graphics uh, and try and recommend to everybody who's out there listening that uh, that's the place you go if you're looking to get graphics for your bike or any of your other needs. Uh, that's it as far as sponsors for right now. It's been uh, we've been off air for quite a while, so it's uh, it's been a little thin. So let's go ahead and segue into why we've been dark for so long and why we decided to come back. So the last podcast that we did was shortly before COVID really took off uh, and was leading into a race. And I had gone to a race and I saw that uh, the numbers were kind of down at the race and people uh, seemed to be a little uh, concerned or curious or confused uh, about whether we were racing uh, because of uh, all of the different information we were getting from the, from the state uh, about, the, about COVID-19. And so I came home and I really tried to rustle up some interest in the in the next race that was coming up, and I got a I got some backlash from from somebody saying that uh, I was putting riders in harm's way by encouraging them to go uh, out to a race and uh, to mingle with a lot of other people when I didn't have all the information on what was happening with COVID, uh, and and I I really took that to heart. It bothered me a lot. Um, I've always felt like I've been a real supporter of racing, um, that I always put the best interests of the ridership uh, first. Uh, and that was the first time that anybody had ever said anything like that to me. And, I, and, and it really made me take a step back. And so I kind of went dark for a while with the podcast, thinking that maybe there was some merit to that, that I was uh, encouraging people to, to go and, and put themselves in an unsafe situation. And so I, and then of course, uh, you know, COVID took off and, and every day was a new day uh, with COVID and it just became, uh, you know, a really difficult situation for a lot of people. And my mindset changed from not just uh, me being, uh, thinking that I was maybe putting uh, the ridership in harm's way by encouraging them to go to the, go to races. Uh, I also felt like there were so many people that were going through such a, a difficult time and, and such a uncertain times with with their work situation and, 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 and the future. And, and, and it just seemed as though uh, me getting on a, on a podcast and talking about racing was probably the, the last thing that anybody wanted to hear. And me trying to get people to, to go to a race and decide how they were going to spend the little bit of money that they had uh, when things were tough kind of seemed insensitive. 
you know, in addition to uh, us not really knowing what was happening with COVID and, and what was the best way to, to protect uh, ourselves from it. Now, I understand that everybody has different feelings about COVID. And, I'm, and, and one thing I will not ever do on this podcast is get political. I respect everybody's views on, on COVID, uh, how serious they want to take uh, the, the pandemic. Uh, and I and I won't really entertain any conversations as to whether they think it's real or not. It it doesn't really matter um, because everybody feels differently about it. And so I think it's really important uh, moving forward with races for us to be respectful of each other and how how we feel uh, individually. Uh, for me, the way I approach uh, work every day is that uh, if uh, I, I do wear a mask at work and I try to be uh, as compassionate and courteous to other people who are concerned about COVID uh, as I can, um, I, I would probably say that I'm middle of the road. I try and take as many precautions as I can. The, the, the work that I'm in uh, causes me to be in contact with a lot of different people every day. Uh, and I I've been fortunate that uh, you know, I've been tested several times and I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, caught the virus. So I'll leave it at that. But that puts us in a perfect position to segue into something that I thought was really important uh, to discuss and one of the main reasons why I thought now was an important time uh, to, to crank the podcast back up and talk about some things that we have coming up and some things that we, that we, need, to, uh, that we need to address. So... As many of you know, uh, when we we had a race in June, and that was uh, that was the Ruts uh, meltdown. And prior to Ruts being able to get their permit, uh, the BLM asked District 37 to provide a COVID-19 mitigation plan. And basically, what it was was a list of things that that District 37 was going to implement uh, at the races or help clubs implement at the races to try and mitigate the spread of COVID-19. And there were uh, 10 or 12 things on that, on that list. The most important things that were on that list were that uh, we, would, we, we would, to the best of our ability, try and have contactless signups, which means that our signups went, uh, would go 100% online. And we're going to touch on that 100% online thing uh, a little bit later and something that we need to also talk about. Uh, we also said that uh, we would, to the best of our ability, uh, at signups, because even if we're having contactless signups, and that's, that means the no, no exchange of, of dollars of money between, uh, between uh, racers and the host club, um, you still have to go show up at signups and scan your helmet. That's how you get interest in, entered in, into the race. So when you came to signups to go do that, uh, the club would do its very best to make sure that everybody was wearing a mask when they came to signups, and that everybody was social distancing. That they were, you know, that everybody is six feet apart. Um, we agreed that we would add, add uh, sanitizing stations next to the the outhouses so that you could wash your hands uh, on a regular basis or or more thoroughly than you than you normally would. Uh, we also said that when we gave riders meetings, that we would give the riders meeting over a loudspeaker which would give the riders an opportunity to distance. You know, if, you know, if you've been to a riders meeting in a desert race, we encourage everybody to get as close as we can to the pit truck so that they can talk about the things uh, that we have to talk about before a race. And what, we, what we're trying to do now is we're trying to, if we have a loudspeaker, we're encouraging everybody to try and stay six feet apart and wear a mask. Now, now we, BLM, 
looks at you wearing your helmet as wearing a mask. So we would encourage, or not encourage, we ask you that if you are at the race and you're racing the race, uh, that if you go to the riders meeting, you either wear your helmet or you take a mask with you so that you can wear a mask while you're at the riders meeting. Sometimes spectators tend to mingle into uh, that group. We ask that you wear a mask as well because you are in close contact with other, other riders or other, other spectators. Now, whether you believe in COVID or not, uh, whether you uh, or whatever your personal beliefs are, these are the rules that we have to follow if we want to continue racing. And that those are just the facts. Um, we did, Rutz did an excellent job. And, and I'll be honest with you, we promoted, we promoted all of these things, asked the ridership on a regular basis leading up to that race to please follow these rules. And everybody did a great job. And I thought, like I'm sure a lot of other people thought, that that race was the last race before summer break. We'd roll through summer and COVID would be a thing of the past. And I, and, and I like everybody else that thought the same way I did, were wrong. Um, COVID has continued to be at the forefront of the, of the news. It's still, it's still a problem. It is still a concern of the BLM. And we, frank, quite frankly, have become laxed uh, in following the COVID guidelines that we set forth as a district uh, so that we could continue racing. So with hundreds coming up and it being a national hare and hound, it's going to pull some, some big numbers. It'll be the first uh, hare and hound back since the summer break. There's a heated points battle uh, for the for the national championship uh, in the uh, in the open pro class. Uh, so I anticipate a lot of people uh, showing up to that race, and it's imperative that we follow these rules. Um, you have to wear a mask when you go to signups. That that's just how it is. But we, I'm going to be there. And some other people are going to be there. And we, and we will just, if you don't have a mask, we'll ask you to leave. You, you, if, you, if wearing a mask when you're, in, uh, when you're in areas where you can be in close contact with other riders or other spectators uh, is something that you just don't want to do, then, then you know what? I would encourage you to just not come to the race uh, until, until COVID is gone and you can go back to living the life that you would prefer to live without wearing a mask. We're not telling you that, that you have to wear a mask, okay? That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that you have to wear a mask if, you, if you're going to come to signups or if you're going to be in pits, in the pits, or if you're going to be in anywhere where you're in close proximity to somebody else. That's just how it is. Uh, BLM's made it perfectly clear to us that if we can't follow the rules that we gave them, that they just will not issue permits moving forward, and that will be the end of racing. So uh, it's not, again, this has nothing to do with what your personal beliefs are, but if you believe in racing, this is just what we have to do. Um, the, you know, some of the other... I'll run down the list of the of the just the hot items, the hot hot ones that we know BLM is going to be looking for. You have to wear a mask when you go to signups. Period. Um, you have to be wearing a mask when you're at the riders meeting. Uh, you have to sign up online. No exchange of 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 money between riders and club members. Uh, in the pits, you can only have uh, you can only have one person per rider in the pits. So I know a lot of clubs. Uh, that uh, that te- that tends to be the place where we like to congregate. Uh, you know, like my club, I'm in SoCal. My club, we like to hang out in the pits. That's where everybody goes. And you can only have one person per rider in the pits, and those people have to be wearing masks. That's just the way it is. For the host club, anybody that's working in signups, they have to be wearing a mask. Anybody that is, if you are at a check 
and you're the person marking fender cards and you could you can you will be in co- close contact with the riders as they come through the check you have to be wearing a mask especially if one of the checks doubles as a road crossing where the BLM can come and and you know investigate to see if you're actually following the rules it's the same as that we have to wear uh that you have to wear a, a day glow vest when you're at working those road crossings. You have to wear a mask. That's just that's just the deal. I know it's an inconvenience, but it's what we have to do if we want to keep racing. So, um, I encourage you if you have any questions about it to reach out to me. You can shoot me a, a an email at uh, at wideopenpodcast at yahoo.com. I will be more than happy to to send you a copy of of what it is that we sent to the BLM. Um, it's, uh, it's readily available. Uh, I I'll send it to anybody who wants it so that you see what it is that we have agreed to. Now, one of the things that happened with Rutz is we provided that we provided that to BLM and then the BLM asked, uh, asked Rutz to provide an addendum, uh, to what it is that, that district 37 provided that were specific to that race. Now I haven't heard of any other clubs having to do that, so I can't, so I can't say whether there are going to be any additional restrictions placed by the BLM. But as of now, uh, this is, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday the 21st before Hundreds Weekend. I am not aware of any additional uh, requirements. Now, what I can say is that nowhere in that COVID plan that we provided to them did it say anything about camping areas or anything about open areas or anything about you know, air, you know, spectating areas beyond what would be the norm. They are not, the BLM has made it perfectly clear that they do not intend to be the police of the desert. They're not going to police camping areas. They're not going to go out into the desert and catch you if you happen to be close to the course spectating or whatever the case may be. I mean, you can't be closer than 10 feet to the course anyway. So, but if you happen to be out there spectating, they're not going to come out there and tell you that you have to wear a mask. That's, that's not their job. They've said that's not their job. Their job is to make sure that we are following the rules that we gave them. And we get and we were we were intentionally loose with the with the plan when we wrote it uh, because we knew that it would be difficult to follow and and we're in the open desert so and they understand that but they have a job to do and that and they need to protect themselves and show that they are doing the everything that they possibly can to try and prevent the spread of COVID nineteen so I think we've probably beat that horse to death. I just want to make sure that everybody understands where it is that we're coming from and that this is nobody telling you what you have to do. We're just telling you what you have to do if you want to come to the races. Okay, so we hope that everybody follows that and that and that we can move forward and that uh, COVID winds up becoming a thing of the past and we can get back to regular racing. So, uh, moving on, uh, you would think that with uh, with us not having had any races for a while, that uh, you know things would have been uh, kind of quiet in District Thirty Seven, and for the most part they have been. But that doesn't mean that the phone doesn't stop ringing uh, with people offering their opinions and uh, about various things that happen within district and various things that happen at races. And I would have to say that the phone call that I get the most is about cheating, uh, course cutting. It's something that. It, it, Course cutting and cheating is as old as racing is itself. And I've often asked when I when presented with this question about what do you plan on doing about cheating, the answer is nothing. I mean, I it's I can't I can't stop people from cheating. Um it's I mean, we can't have somebody, you know, we're not the police of the desert. 
you know, I've always kind of looked at it that it's it's on your honor. You ride the ribbon or you don't ride the ribbon, and you're the and and you have to live with yourself if you don't. But unfortunately, uh, the it the cries of uh, you have to do something about cheating have just be, gotten louder and louder and louder. So what we're going to do uh, moving forward, and starting with hundreds, is we have course marshals that are going to be out on course, and these course marshals are going to have uh, they're going to have video capability, uh, GoPros or their or their cell phones to record. And they have been given access to the map, uh, to, to the maps for the hundreds race, and have been given, uh, have, have been also told by the host club where they think that they might have problems with people cutting. And when I say cutting, I'm not talking being a little further than 50 feet off the ribbon, which is the rule. I'm talking about significant cuts. We all know what they are. Um, if you're familiar with the desert, you're riding, you know, hey, we're going this direction. I know there's not a check there. If we're going that direction, we have to be going back that direction. And you cut off large sections of the course. I know a lot of people do it. Um, I don't condone it. And what we're going to do is we're going to be out there and we're going to take videos of it. And if you get caught cutting, you're going to get DQ'd, period. Okay? No time penalties, no moving, docking you a couple of finished positions, you're DQ'd. That's it. That means you lost your entry fee, you de- you're DQ'd from the race, the money you spent on gas to drive up to the race, you just wasted it, it your day's done. That's it. You lost all the po- any poten- potential points that you might have made. We, the race referee is in agreement that if we catch you cutting and we have video evidence that they will, they will issue a, a disqualification. If you choose to appeal it, the district referee will also uphold that, uh, given the video evidence. And I know that uh, some of the problems that we've had in the past is that it gets appealed all the way up to AMA, and AMA is AMA really likes to issue time penalties or position penalties. Not anymore. We we will fight it. Okay. So my best advice to you is ride the ribbon. Um, everybody else has to ride the ribbon. So when you go win that race, know that you won that race riding every mile of that race, the same as everybody else did. And hope we plan on doing that uh, for races to come. And hopefully what what happens is uh, it puts an end to people feeling the need to not ride the entire course. And we can move on to more important things like uh, you know protecting the land that we have and trying to encourage more people to come and race. It's really what I hear from a lot of people that uh, you know, the biggest about this complaining about cheating is we get new riders come and the cheating is so prevalent that new riders come and they think that we're just a joke. Why would they want to come and race District 37? Because it, you know, what's the, they, people just come out and cheat. So what's the point? Um, so that's what we're doing to address that. Now, on the other side of the racing spectrum, we have our Grand Prix. And with the Grand Prix trying to go 100% online signups, just as we are in the desert, we're finding at the Grand Prix that we have people that are sneaking out on the course and trying to race their race without having paid for their race. Now, this is a, first off, shame on you if you're doing that. Um, these clubs put in a tremendous amount of work to try and put on these races. And if you've been to a Grand Prix since uh, post-COVID, you've probably noticed that the numbers are down. And that was to be expected. I think that probably a combination of a number of things have led to the led to some lower entries at the Grand Prix right now. I think uh, people might be a little concerned about 
uh, being in close uh, contact with a lot of people. Uh, I know that uh, with some of the races being postponed earlier in the year, we're, we're trying to get all the races in at the end of the year uh, for you know so that we can make a complete season for the Grand Prix season. So a lot of races, uh, you know, back to back or or every other weekend, uh, might be wearing on some people, and people are picking and choosing uh, what races they want to go to and how they're going to spend their money. Uh, I know that uh, the co-op race that was hosted at 20 and Palms, it was extremely hot that weekend, and that might have prevented some people from coming to that race. But the point I'm trying to make is that uh, for that co-op race and for Shamrocks, which uh, was just last weekend, there's a tremendous amount of money that's invested in putting on the race in the hopes that you're going to recoup that money. I know that uh, with what we do as a club with SoCal, we, we front a whole bunch of money and hope that we're going to get it back by people showing up. And and it doesn't matter how many people show up if they don't pay for their entries. Every entry counts. You're you're basically cheating the club out of fifty bucks. I mean, you should you'd be better better off just going and you know taking the wallet out of a club member uh, and just taking fifty bucks out of their wallet. I mean, those people are out there donating their time uh, for free to put on a race for you, and then people are going and showing up and trying to race for free. So. I hope that just talking about it prevents it. Um, I know that the scoring crew, the scoring crew, the reason that we know that people are riding for free is because the scoring crew catches you. And then they have to go try and find you and get you to come pay for your race. And sometimes they don't. Because you show up in the race and then when you pop up on the computer, when you when you roll through Moto Tally at the, at the start fin- or at the finish line, it shows right there if you were entered in the race. So we know who you are if you're, if you're cheating if you're getting in there for free. So just stop, okay? Look, no one comes to your job and tries to you know, steal money from you, so don't do it to the clubs, okay? I, I, I can't even believe that we have to talk about it, but it needs to be talked about. So while we're kind of talking about, uh, while we're talking about Grand Prix, uh, I, some of the other questions that I'm getting a whole bunch and a lot of, lot of chatter that I'm seeing on social media is what's happening with the Atlanta Grand Prix for 2021. So we made an announcement. SoCal MC made an announcement. When I say we, I'm in that club. Um, SoCal MC made an announcement that they were moving from uh, Atlanta and they are now hosting an event at a place called American MX. And we'll touch, uh, I'll have some people in from that club who are intimately involved with uh, that event and what it has to offer on a future podcast as we get a little closer to that. The reason I bring it up is because I'm seeing a lot of, I'm starting to see a lot of chatter on on social media because the Atlanta Grand Prix group is still going to continue doing that race. And there have been a lot of questions about whether that race is going to pay District 37 points or NGPC points. And I want to make sure that it's out there. Uh, it, it is no longer affiliate, affiliated with District 37. It's no longer hosted by SoCal MC. It no longer pays District 37 points. It no longer pays NGPC points. So if you're planning on going to that race thinking that you're going to earn some type of district points, you're not. That's a standalone event. Uh, the same as uh, the Elsinore Grand Prix is a standalone event. Uh, the same as Day in the Dirt is a standalone event. So it's, it is now one of, one of those races, just like how it used to be uh, before it was kind of resurrected uh, as a district points paying event. So hopefully that clears any, any questions up that anybody might have had about what's happening with that race. 
Um, and we'll continue to talk about it as we move on and we start promoting stuff that's happening for 2021. Uh, but I just wanted to get it out there for anybody that might be asking any questions about it. You've heard it from the horse's mouth. It's not, it is not part of District 37 anymore. Um, so let's get to the more interesting stuff. I think we've covered a lot of business right there. So uh, with the shortened schedule and us losing races, I've had a lot of people ask, hey, you know, what's, what's going to happen with my, with my plate? How am I earning my plate? Is it still 20 races and what's going on with that? And Heather and I sat down and talked about it quite a bit, and, and we were both in agreement that, that uh, tw- it would be extremely difficult and probably unfair to expect riders to, to race 20 races to earn their plate uh, with everything that's happened. So, so for 2020 and 2020 only, it's been reduced from 20 races to 15 races. So you'll be scored on your top 15 rides, and that's how you will earn your plate for the following year. Um, it will be... It will be similar, uh, f- similar for some of the smaller series like the uh, the enduro series. Uh, I think the enduro the enduro series f- to earn your plate there. We had there is one throwaway in the enduro series. It will be scored on however many races you had minus one throwaway, or however many races we were able to have because we had a couple that were canceled that we weren't able to make up. The Grand Prix series is making up all of their races. So whatever the normal Grand Prix rule, rules were, they will stick to those Grand Prix rules because they are go- they're they're getting in all of their races. So I think uh, you have I can't remember how many throwaways. I think you have one throwaway uh, in Big Six, and that will stay the same because you they're still going to have their eight eight district points paying events uh, that will count towards your plate. Um, so let's talk about this weekend. So coming up this weekend, we're getting back to, to Heron Hound Racing. We're getting back to National Heron Hound Racing in, in District 37. And it is the final round of, of the NHHA Championship Series. And there is an incredible battle going on between Dalton Shirey and David Camel. David Camel currently leads the points by five points over Dalton. And we are coming to some place that is Dalton's backyard. But David is no slouch either. And... Yeah, obviously he's leading in the points and I can't tell you, I mean, I'm, it's been a long time since I've been excited about going to a desert race and, and actually watching a desert race. Uh, but I plan on going out there and not racing this weekend and going out and watching. Cause I really want to see the battle play out between the two of these guys. You know, Dalton, Dalton grew up in district 37. He, he was, uh, he was one of the, one of the stars of the youth series of youth racing before it was really a youth series. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing him, uh, I think he's been the size he is now since he was about 12 and he was, uh, hanging all off of his, uh, KX 85, just kicking butt. Uh, he may have been riding a YZ in any event, he was huge for the bike and just blistering fast, uh, just like he is now. So it's going to be one heck of a good time to go watch, uh, if you are itching to get out and, and see some really or race, ride some really old school desert racing, I encourage you to go out to hundreds and go and go race the hundreds Heron Hound. I mean, it's what old school desert racing is all about. Uh, they're off of Bessemer Mine Road, which is where where their camp is going to be and where starts going to be and all the signups and everything. Uh, so I, encur- I I I can't encourage you enough uh, to go out and go check out that race. Um, races that we have coming up. I mean, the following weekend, we've got uh, Prospectors has moved from Gorman to a new spot. Um, All state facilities have been shut down uh, for mass gatherings. So 
prospectors had to had to scramble and find a new facility. Uh, and so for this year, they have moved to Glen Helen. Uh, for my, for me, the best bang for your buck if you're going to race a, a Grand Prix is racing at Glen Helen. I mean, I love all of them, but I love Glen Helen. There's there's not if there's not a race at Glen Helen that I won't go race. I'm excited that we get to go there twice this year. Uh, earlier in the year with Prairie Dogs, and now this race with Prospectors. Um, I talked a little bit uh, to some of the people from Prospectors and. I've been told that uh, the that they the course that they're going to lay out is going to be different than the course that Prairie Dogs has. Um, if you race any Grand Prix there and you race SRA, I've been told that they are going to have a course similar to what SRA puts on, just a little longer. So it'll be kind of a, a long SRA race. So if uh, if you're one of the people, and I and there are quite a few who are who can be intimidated by. Uh, racing at Glen Helen and some of the things that Glen Helen has to offer, some of the some of the challenges. Uh, this will be a milder Grand Prix, and I encourage you uh, to go and race there. Most especially if uh, if you've been on the fence about racing at Glen Helen uh, because you thought it might be too hard. This then this is definitely the race for you. Go go race this race. Um, so that's what we have up you know coming up soon uh, also with that race uh, it's on halloween weekend i've been told that they're going to have trick-or-treating uh they will they will also be uh exercising uh social distancing and wearing masks uh all those types of, all those things uh to help uh to help with your safety and the safety of the of the race staff we're going to be doing all those things there um but you know, trick-or-treating has been pretty much banned every place, but we're going to have trick-or-treating for the kids uh, inside Glen Helen. Uh, it will be done safely. Uh, if you're, if it's something that you're not comfortable with, then you know, then don't do it. And if it's, if you're looking for something to do to kind of get back to some type of normalcy, well, it's there for you. Um, we uh, something looking forward to 2021. Uh, that I've been starting to get some questions about is what are we going to do with the awards banquet? And that's a good question. Uh, last year, uh, we did the, or earlier in the year, which would have been for the 2019 season, we changed the awards banquet from a banquet to a ride day. And I, I got a lot of positive feedback about the ride day. Everybody seemed to really like it. Uh, you had an opportunity to go into the museum and receive your receive your trophy, and everybody seemed to like it. And we had really big plans for what we're going to do in 2021, how to just keep building on that and make it better. The goal was to really make that. Uh, I was envisioning it ultimately to wind up being kind of like the Caselli Ride Day, where we had lots of vendors and sponsors that were there. You could come and ride for free all day, uh, receive your trophy. Uh, there would be stuff there that you could buy if you wanted to, some stuff that we were giving away, and that was and and that's still the long term plan, but but COVID, so I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what the COVID restrictions are going to be uh, early next year, so it's really difficult for me to say what we're going to do. Um, I'm I'm inclined to say that I that we can do the ride day, but I'm nervous about. Uh, doing any type of award ceremony where we would have people congregating uh, in you know in close quarters to to receive an award. Um, so tell me what you think. Uh, shoot me a message on Messenger, uh, Brian Asif on Facebook, 
uh, shoot me a message uh, on uh, at the Wide Open Podcast uh, on Instagram. Or send me an email, wideopenpodcast uh, at yahoo.com. Let me know what you think. Really, it's your award ceremony. It's the Ridership's award ceremony. You tell me what you think, what you're comfortable with, and we'll try and move in that direction. So getting back into the swing of things, we're going to make this one a short one. Uh, as we start moving forward with the podcast... I'm going to try and get guests in here so that we can start talking about racing. Uh, I would love uh, suggestions from you. Uh, Tell me who it is that you'd like to hear from, and we'll reach out to them and see if we can't get them to come sit down over here at the podcast studios and just uh, just chat. It's easy to sit down and have a conversation and for me to ask a bunch of questions, uh, you know, of a racer about, you know, what – how did he get into racing and how does he train and where does he like to ride and what's his biggest, uh, you know, what does he think his biggest uh, achievement is? I'm looking more to just kind of sit down and have a conversation because as I've learned over the years, hey, you know what, these fast guys uh, and industry guys, and they all put their pants on one leg at a time just like you and I do. And I think it's kind of cool to see who they are just as people uh, aside from just being racers. So that's kind of the direction we're going to go with uh, – with, uh, when we get people in here to sit down and, and have a conversation. And if you have any questions, things that, uh, questions, concerns, uh, things you're curious about, things you'd like us to address, things you'd like us to look into and talk about, uh, you reach out to me on any of my social media platforms, shoot me an email. Uh, most of you seem to have my phone number because you uh, shoot me a text and let me know what you like and what you don't like. Feel free to do that, and we will get that on the slate so that we can uh, talk about it on the podcast. We're going to start trying to do this uh, every other week. So I want to thank everybody for tuning into the podcast, your your support, uh, your support, and the people. I got to tell you what really got me to sit down and do the podcast was when we were up at uh, Prim over the weekend, I think I probably had a half a dozen people approach me and ask me when we were going to do another podcast. And they each had something positive to say about it and what they got from it. Uh, So I really want to thank everybody that supports the podcast. I I really do this for you. It means means a lot to me that you're getting something out of it and that I can share information uh, in a different way other than our social media platforms uh, that might might be better for you. So I hope uh, I hope that everybody's happy, healthy, and I can't wait to see you at the races.